Well, last week was spring break, so we actually had a little bit of fun going out and playing yard games and playing card games and spending time together. And then by the end of the week, we were even more, that much more sick of each other. So today was about social distancing within the same family. Mm -hmm. Um, The love is there, just Mm. don't like each other right now. (laughs) It's a bit like (laughs) you and me. Just like you and me. I think this is is you. I think you're... It's I, about I, I, me. I used to think it was me that was right. the uh, the the I don't know the the damaging influence in our right. relationship. But now that you've told me that story, because <laughs> Chrissy and I don't have any problems with that. Dog. Okay, we're both sick to death of Fox, but that's Fox. <laughs> uh, so I I've come to the conclusion that you are the toxic. It's, you're it's the me. toxic uh, component yeah. of all yeah. of these I've, relationships. Yeah. I've suspected that for some time, but <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. But I think this, uh, I think the curtain has been this, pulled back. This whole yes. southern uh, gentleman <laughs> charade that you put on has been exposed uh, it has. as the oh. lie that it is. This is the most successful bullshit filter show we've done, exposing the, a major <laughs> truth. Exposing yes. you. Uh, the, yeah, pretty much. The clever thing about your whole act, though, is you make everyone think they are the problem. See, that's that's yeah, you, that's like page one, lesson one. Catfishing, Put I think the there. kids call that. You cat, is it catfishing? <laughs> I lamplighting. I don't know. Lamplighting. Uh, your catfishing is another thing. Lamplighting. Uh, okay. Based on the classic, I think. I just Hitchcock film. I just got. I just call it Southern charm, but you could put other words in there. That's that's fine. That's fine. Lamplighting, according to uh, Wikipedia, involves a person right. or a group of persons, the victimizer and a second person, the victim. It can be either conscious or unconscious and is carried out covertly such that the resulting emotional abuse is not overtly abusive. Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which a person or a group covertly sows seeds of doubt in a targeted individual, making them question their own memory, perception, or judgment, often evoking in them cognitive dissonance and other changes such as low self-esteem. Using denial, misdirection, contradiction, and misinformation, gaslighting involves attempts to destabilise the victim and delegitimize the victim's beliefs. Mm -hmm. Instances can range from the denial by an abuser that previous abusive incidents occurred 
to the staging of bizarre events by the abuser with the intention of disorienting the victim. The term originated from the play Gaslight, 1938, but originally performed as Angel Street in the United States, and it's 1940 and 1944 film adaptations, both titled Gaslight. Yeah, I think that's pretty much explains what you've been doing to me over the years, is making me feel like I'm the bad guy. You go, oh, it's Australians. When really subsequent right. events have uh, determined not that, born that out, you yes. are right. the cause right. of all of the toxicity in your life. Right. Well, let me give you another or, example. Or, right. or, right. Here we go. or because of your deep-seated insecurities, having been born a bubble boy right, and, and, be, and living your life as a midget, you right. surround yourself... <laughs> with people who don't like you uh, mm. and consequently matching, you right? are the victim. You, We invite Thank into you. our lives right. Jerks. people who, Sorry. who, right. who, who, <laughs> who, who uh, reaffirm yes. our own self-view. Yes. So we, we marry. Uh, the woman who wouldn't sleep with us for five years. Um, <laughs> I slept I, with women, just not with her. Go ahead. <laughs> before we started doing these podcasts together, I was, you know, a very nice guy, but you've turned me into right. yes. a snarky asshole because that's what you need. <laughs> that's what you need me to be. See, at the end of the day, I still right. end up blaming you. Which it, in itself is <laughs> gaslighting. So maybe double, double bluff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so confused right now. <laughs> Where does it stop? Where does it end? <laughs> I would like to ask a follow-up question, uh, Doctor Uncle Cam. How much do I owe you for this session? <laughs> a box of cigars, motherfucker. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm in lockdown yeah. with a five-year-old. Oh god. <laughs> Without cigars. Had to watch the original video of the Yorkshire uh, sketch, the four Yorkshiremen, uh, yesterday because Tim Brooke Taylor died. Have you ever seen the original video of the four Yorkshiremen? Do you even know what I'm talking about? Please say you do. I know who he is and I've seen funny things by him. I don't know about that specific sketch. Is that... Go ahead. I don't want to guess. Oh, well, we're going to play it. I mean, that's the only... the, the only good news thing to do here. All right. This is the original Four Yorkshiremen sketch. Right. Very possible. Not bad at all. All right. Nothing like a good glass of Chateau de Chasseler. Hey, Dussard. Ah, you're right there, Obadiah. right. Who'd have thought 40 years ago? that we'd be sitting here drinking Chateau de Chasselas. I would have been glad of the price of a cup of tea, then. Ah, a cup of cold tea. Aye. Aye. Without milk or sugar. Aye. Or tea. <laughs> and out of a cracked cup of that. Yeah. We never had a cup. We used to drink out of a rolled-up newspaper. <laughs> the best we could manage was to suck on a piece of damp cloth. <laughs> but, you know, I often think we were happier then, although we were poor. Because we were poor. Aye. My old dad said to me, he said, money won't bring you happiness, son. He was right. Aye. I was happier then. I had nothing. Aye. We used to live in a tiny, tumble-down old house with great holes in roof. House? You're looking to have a house. We used to live in one room, 26 of us. 
Hold there. No furniture. Half the floor was missing, and we were all huddled in one corner for fear of falling. <laughs> rum. You were lucky to have a rum. We used to have to live in corridor. Corridor? Oh, I used to dream of living in a corridor. That would have been a palace to us. We used to live in a water tank on rubbish tip. Uh, every morning we'd be woke up by having a load of rotting fish dumped on us. House. Uh. Well, when I said house, I mean to our only hole in ground covered by a couple of foot of torn canvas. But it were house to us. Oh, well, we were evicted from our hole in the ground. We had to go and live in the lake. Hey, hey you were lucky to have a lake. There are over 150 of us living in a small shoebox in the middle of the road. Cardboard box? Right. Ah, oh, you were lucky. <laughs> we lived for three months in a rolled-up newspaper in a septic tank. Right. Every morning, we'd have to get up at six, clean out rolled-up newspaper, eat a crust of stale bread, then we'd have to work 14 hours at mill, day in, day out, for sixpence a week. Ah, and then we'd, when we'd come home, Dad would thrash us to sleep with his belt. Luxury. <laughs> we used to get up at three, clean the lake, eat a handful of hot gravel, then we'd work in mill for 20 hours for twopence a month, then we'd come home and Dad would beat us about the end neck with a broken bottle, if we were lucky. Paradise. <laughs> we had it tough. I used to have to get out at a shoebox at midnight, lit road clean, eat a couple of bits of cold gravel, work 23 hours a day at mill for a penny every four years, and when we, and when we got home, Dad used to slice us in half with a bread knife. <laughs> Right. <laughs> we used to get up in morning at half past ten at night, half an hour, half an hour before we'd gone to bed. Eat a lump of poison. Work 29 hours a day at mill for eight year lifetime. Come home and each night Dad would strangle us and dance about on our graves. Hi. Will you try and tell that to the young people of today? Will they believe you? The original Classic. four Yorkshireman yeah. sketch. Um, so that's uh, Tim Brooke Taylor, uh, John Cleese, Graham Chapman, and Marty Feldman. Cleese mm -hmm. is the only one still alive. Uh, it ended up becoming a Monty Python sketch. Cleese and Chapman and a couple of the Pythons did. I think Terry Jones and Terry Gilliam, maybe, or maybe Michael Palin. I can't remember who was in the Python version, but that's the original version. Tim Brooke Taylor, member of, then he went on, he was the member of the Goodies. For the seventies, uh, most famously, um, the goodies. Yeah, have us ever seen an episode of the goodies? Probably not. I don't think so. Um, British TV show from the late sixties through the seventies uh, mm. about three guys who basically their motto is "We do anything, anywhere, anytime." It's a bit like you <laughs> and me. Uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> great classic British comedy. You know, the goodies is probably up there with Faulty Towers in terms of the great wow. 70s British comedies. And they, they, the goodies, they were, like, they were they were friends of the Pythons, sort of same era, came out a little bit after the Pythons, uh, but they grew, they were, as, as the sketch is evidence of, they, they were sort of the same class, the same year as the Pythons, although I think Marty Feldman was a bit older. But um, right. 
Yeah, yeah, the goodies, man. Tim Brooke Taylor passed away from COVID this week, uh, age 79. Just for, oh. for people of my generation who grew up in England and Australia, he was the equivalent of, uh, you know, the Pythons and um, right. brought just so yeah. much, so much joy and happiness to, and, and in Australia in the 70s, the goodies was on pretty much every night of the week for year, well, Monday right. to Friday, 6 p.m. At 6 p.m., we only had two TV stations back then. Tell that to the kids of today. <laughs> they won't believe you. We had two television stations when I was growing up, one of them, the ABC. Uh, 6 o'clock weeknights, you would have uh, the goodies followed by Doctor Who, or occasionally nice. uh, one of those would be replaced with Monkey. So it was Doctor Who, the goodies, and Monkey but mostly the goodies in Doctor Who that we grew up watching every night, repeated year in, Religious. year out, forever. Yeah. And so yeah. you, you kind of grew up knowing, knowing these episodes inside out, back to front. Uh, uh, they were right. they were wallpapered into your brain uh, and just funny, just simple, classic, slapsticky. Yeah. Uh, laugh track. I watched some goodies last night, and uh, you know, it's it, the laugh tracks are crazy, but <laughs> like a bit, a bit sort of Benny Hillish, but sort of funnier than Benny Hill. Anyway, right, uh, Tim Brooks Taylor, man. Well, the point of mentioning that anyway is they're all sitting around smoking cigars, and I'm like, fuck, I don't have any cigars. Right. And and the sad part is his death is the direct result of the Chinese. <laughs> oh, or not? Well, or nice, not, maybe. <laughs> nice segue there, Ray Harris. Thank you. Wow, Thank you. you're getting good at this after six I, years. It's about time. Uh, yeah, so that's what I wanted to talk about today. The reason for doing a bullshit filler this week is I have seen a number of people, including some of our listeners, mm-hmm. whose names will remain anonymous, but uh, you know, one I can think of. His first name rhymes with Rom, and his Romus and his second name rhymes with Rocket. Uh, <laughs> spreading these these rumors right. on Facebook about how the Chinese, I mean, either caused the virus or the most common one coming out of the US mostly is that the Chinese uh, are either lying about the number of deaths they're currently having or didn't uh, uh, warn the rest of the world fast enough uh, yes. to avoid COVID spreading. And, you know, I, I occasionally I've pushed back and gone, you got any evidence for that? And they go, well, yeah, no, you know, but uh, no, miss. but just, you know, China, <laughs> you know, China. was right. Yeah. 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 Call yeah, yeah. bastards. Yeah. Yeah. So I just yeah. wanted to do a show um, to disabuse people of this notion that, China held back information in terms of, well, they're they're hiding everything now. We talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, to the best of my knowledge, again, there's no evidence of that. That the deaths are right. currently, you know, running rampant, and uh, they're just burning bodies in mobile incinerators and all that kind of stuff. No right. evidence of that that I'm aware of. That's not to say that it's not true. Just that I'm not aware of it. And no, I don't believe everything. The Chinese government says, but the flip side is I don't believe the rumours about the Chinese government either. Uh, and as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on our show, I think it seems to me quite obvious that we are in a new Cold War between the US and China. Yes. And yes. Uh, it's 
the 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 little propaganda is ramping up has been for quite some time uh and again like the other cold war the the good old fashioned cold war this is a war for e- economic superiority and china as we've explained in our china series is now that or you know the the difference between this cold war and the one with the soviet union is the Soviet Union was never even close to becoming the world's leading economic power. China now is the world's leading economic power. And this terrifies the fuck out of the Americans as well it should uh, because when China takes over, uh, America's status in the world, its ability to swing its dick around and get away with stuff is going to decline significantly. So next week. So, uh, so this is uh, what I want to talk about today. So I'm going to go through the chronology mm-hmm. of the COVID nineteen pandemic uh, right. as best as we know, or as best as I can find out at this state, which you know, I'm recording this on the 14th of April and uh, 2020, and and to do to do it with a view to helping people understand how China reacted uh, during and why they did what they did, to the best of our knowledge. Okay. You got any questions before I start? Right. No, except for, except for I'm glad you brought up money because one, not that this is a competition because it's not. We're, we're partners and friends and occasional lovers. Um, one, I've got this, this pretty cool article from RT News about how the Western powers are maybe going to take advantage of this disaster and try to wring some money out of China. We can get to that later after you go through your timeline. And again, it's not a competition, but I think I have maybe the craziest story that someone could point to and go, see, that's proof that China is lying. They had to bend their will and imagination to great extremes and all, it's like the magic bullet theory, but they were able to extrapolate one little tiny story and say, this is proving that China is lying about everything. So we'll get to all that. But uh, there's just some crazy stuff out there where people are, they've already decided in their mind what the truth is, and now they're finding facts or events in the news to support their views. Yeah. And look, it, it, it of course, is always possible that we may, that China may be lying and that we may discover sure, something down everybody the, lies. Down, yeah, yeah, exactly. Rule, rule number one. <clears throat> never attend a banquet in your honor. Number two, <laughs> everybody lies. Um, but having yeah. said that, it, 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 it's important, and I, I said this in my book, you know, I, I believe that everybody lies. Therefore, conspiracy theories are worth uh, listening to because we mm. know, because we're you know, two of the world's leading historians and despite the fact that everything we know we get from books, we know that governments lie. Corporations lie, governments lie, churches lie, psychopaths lie to justify what they do and have lied to us not just once, not just twice, but repeatedly over and over and over and over again. So it's extremely naive to... Uh, believe, take at face value anything people in positions of wealth and power take, whether they're your governments or business leaders or religious leaders or military military leaders, whatever. That said, um, you should always believe everything I tell you uh, because I would never, I would never lie. Um, Secondly, 
that doesn't necessarily mean you should believe every fucking conspiracy theory that you <laughs> that you hear. Go, well, yeah. you again, if you want to have a fact based mindset, an evidence based mindset of view of the world, then the the intellectually rigorous position to take on all these things is well maybe that's true what's the evidence where's the evidence let's look for the evidence what i what, what's easy to do is just to go oh yeah the fucking chinese yeah that's right <clears throat> yeah it's it's you know that that's a little bit of um cognitive bias coming through you know it's easy and this is like this is uh i talk about this in the book as well um thinking fast and slow daniel kahneman stuff our brains have evolved to accept easy answers because our brains like don't like to think too hard. If we can right. avoid it because it takes a lot of calories thinking hard, and for the vast majority of human existence, calories were hard to come by and you needed to save your brain power for <clears throat> how am I going to make a fire or, or, or right. how am I going to catch some food you didn't want to be thinking about stuff that didn't require thinking. So it, it made a lot of sense to just jump to conclusions. And our brains are designed and by evolution to jump to conclusions. That feels good to, to, yeah. to jump to an easy conclusion. But we should avoid that. If we want to be rigorous in our thinking, we should avoid Absolutely. that wherever possible. So what I'm, the point of all of this is that whilst, yes, China may be lying and maybe new evidence will come out at some point, this is the evidence that we have today, as far as I'm aware. So to take an evidence-based view of this timeline, the, the following is what you have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. All right, so the first known case uh, at this stage seems to have been a 55-year-old man who contracted the disease on the 17th of November, 2019. Right. He's the earliest that we're now aware of. Is he the bat eater? Well, I I don't think there's any evidence that he was a bat eater, no. Okay. All right. Or Batman. Go ahead. I'm um, I'm not exactly sure where the bat eating story came from. Um, You know, I know there's a bat virus that is very similar to COVID, um, but the whole story that it came from somebody eating a bat in a market is, uh, I don't think that's been backed up. There's no backup of the bat, no bat back (laughs) that I'm aware of. Uh, right. I think I think I think there might be a little bit of racism in there, like oh yeah, Chinese probably eat the bats. Turn um, oh, off the tree! Oh my god! <laughs> oh, this one's this one's not right. Throw it back. Uh, <laughs> oh, so this one, wrong. yeah, you can tell by you, you squeeze it. If it's right. if, if it's squeezy, uh, yeah. you know, if, if poop comes out of it, then it's it's ready. <laughs> Ready to I'm eat. not hungry anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know, because that was a big thing. You know, I'd read several articles. They were arguing, was it a bat? Was it some other animal in the wet markets in Wuhan? And so that was, I assumed the, you know, um, a part of the uh, a part of the overall story that it was spread from an animal to a human that way. Yeah, so I'm well, glad you said that. Well, look, you know, uh, I think 
Chinese, some Chinese peasants do maybe eat wild animals, maybe eating yeah, sure bats, um, right. as, along with other things. But, uh, you know, whether or not this came from somebody eating a bat, maybe a bat bit somebody, maybe the virus, maybe the bat coughed and didn't didn't cough into its elbow. <laughs> right. You know. Could, could you point to a bat's elbow for me next time we're together? <laughs> Listen, nobody knows more about bat elbows <laughs> than I do, Ray. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please continue. There was there was a myth early on that the outbreak began with a woman eating bat soup. Right. <laughs> um, that has been debunked, though. Okay. So uh, you know, that's yeah. it, it's kind of uh, you know, these conspiracy theories run around, and just people take it as accepted. But uh, you know, right. So uh, let's uh, keep going. So that first one, as I said, was uh, 17th of November. They think he got infected. So um, then a number of other people started to he, – uh, he didn't start showing symptoms, though, until the 1st of December, this 55-year-old uh, man. Now, he, by the way, had not been to the seafood market in Wuhan. And, and there's no epidemiological link between him and uh, other cases. So they don't oh, really know okay. how he contracted the virus. Right? Okay. okay. Um, then on the 2nd of, uh, 2nd of December, a 51-year-old doctor from Dongguan suddenly had a cough and a fever. He was hospitalised on the 2nd of, 2nd of December. First known hospitalisation mm -hmm. caused by pneumonia coming from today, they think, COVID. Um, but again, right. uh, no known link between him and the other patients, the existing one or the later mm. ones or the, or the markets. Now, of course, when these cases started happening, it's just one or two people are getting sick. So the Chinese are going, oh, these people are sick. Wonder what's wrong with them. Doing testing, can't figure it out. Um, right. So they, they don't know what's going on, right? So, um, you know, this is just a couple of people are sick in China. By the 10th of December, there's uh, another guy, a 57-year-old seafood merchant working at the Huanan Seafood Wholesale Market he was uh, later thought to be the first patient, but we now know that there was a couple of earlier cases. Um, so 10th of, Dece 10th of December, this guy uh, gets sick. So it, it starts to break out slowly, just a couple of people uh, in early December. Um, by mm -hmm. Towards the end of December, there's a, there's a few more that are getting sick across China. And they're, they're, they're unable to figure out what the what the underlying etiology is, the cause of you know, all these new words right. that we're learning to use as a result of this, like uh, epidemiology and etiology, yes. words that we don't uh, normally use. Um, lockdown. Uh, I don't. <clears throat> get, get the fuck away from me. I can't stand you. Things that we normally don't. Actually, I get... I, I get that a lot, actually. But anyway. <laughs> Six feet, motherfucker! Uh, that's, anyway, yeah. 
I think, you know, this is something you'll be able to use forever now. Like, listen, I, I'm not sure that uh, – right. How do I know you don't have it? I mean, uh, I just just to be right. safe, just let's all stay away from each other for the yeah. rest of our lives. Um, <clears throat> so the Chinese are, you know, this is a this is a thing that no one's ever seen before. They're not quite sure what it is, so they're doing some tests. They're trying sure. to work it out, and it starts slowly, as it did everywhere. Just a few people, few cases propping up. Few people are getting sick. Right. Um, then a number by the end of December a number of them start appearing around the seafood market in Wuhan. So that's when they start to make mm. a connection with the seafood market. And they go, okay, well, there's something going on here. May or may not be the cause of it, but, um, you know, we, we need to shut it down, which they, they did not too long after that. Now, people may have heard of this Dr. Li Wenliang, uh, mm-hmm. who shared some information online. You will often see in Western media and on Facebook people talking about Dr. Li Wenliang, who, the according to these reports, you see the Chinese government shut him down when he tried to uh, yeah. tell the world. S- sneak and, it out. And he ended up yeah. dying of it. Right. Well, apparently what happened was uh, towards the end of December, end of about the 30th of December, the Wuhan Central Hospital mistakenly diagnosed one of their patients with having the SARS coronavirus. SARS stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus. It was a big thing, particularly in China, like uh, 10-odd years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And this guy, uh, Dr. Li Wenliang, um, posted a warning uh, to the alumni of his medical school class on a WeChat group that day saying Mm -hmm. that there was a bunch of patients in this hospital that had SARS. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, when that was discovered, that he was telling people that patients were infected with SARS, the government told him to shut the fuck up. And they right. were right in doing so because the people didn't have SARS. Right. It was misdiagnosed, right? Right. And, uh, okay, so you could take a, a, a suspicious view of this and saying, well, the Chinese government were trying to stop him from getting the word out. So it turns out he was getting the word out wrongly mm-hmm. and the, um, yeah, I mean, the, the other way of looking at this is the Chinese government was saying, Listen, when we know what we're dealing with here, then we will tell people. But don't go out there just spreading rumours and gossip about what we've yeah. got because, uh, you, you know, you, you're going to fuck shit up. That's not the way science is done. That's not the way yeah. that, you know, we, we, when, we can, when we know what we're dealing with, then we'll do it form, through formal channels and officially. You're just, you know, uh, uh, creating misinformation, disinformation. Mm-hmm which would seem to be the right way to handle it, but that's not the way it gets positioned, right, Right. in the West. It's like, oh, they tried to shut him up. He's a whistleblower. They tried to shut him up. No, he was just – he was wrong, and he was getting ahead of the official uh, channels who were trying to work out exactly what they were dealing with. I mean, he was right in that SARS is a coronavirus, but it's not this coronavirus. Right. That was his message. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it continues to build uh, throughout late December into early January. Um, I think by the end of December, <clears throat> there was Chinese state television news stories talking about how there was, uh, you know, the bunch of cases breaking out of pneumonia based on this mysterious virus. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't really know what it was or what it was caused from but they said in their daily news broadcast that the entire country should be on alert. There was a strange and unknown virus. Um, You know, a team of experts had arrived in Wuhan, Chinese experts to lead the investigation. The People's Daily on the 31st of December said the exact cause remains unclear and it would be premature to speculate. Yeah. Uh, Sounds reasonable. Uh, then they they shut down the Wuhan seafood market. They started to disinfect the premises, and uh, you know they figured something was going on with the seafood market. Right. Um, now, by early January, according to the American, the U.S. National Security Council, who uh, the their division that's responsible for tracking pandemics said they started to receive intelligence reports early in January predicting the spread of the virus, that it could get to the United States. And they started mm-hmm. um, talking internally about keeping Americans home from work, shutting down cities. This is in very wow. early January. So it was right. on America's radar by then. Yes. By the first- and, and if I can add to that, If I can just add to that, yes, so the U.S. intelligence communities were warning Trump, you're right, by early January, as February as well. Not only were they warning them about that, but they were also saying that the Chinese officials appeared to be minimizing the severity of the attack and were not being candid about the true scale of the crisis. So Trump is – he's getting the message that this is out there. We don't know if the Chinese – is there lying or not? It could be a lot worse. But the point is, this now exists, and we need to, you know, start at the very least thinking about some kind of reaction on our side of the ocean. But I, I guess it wasn't done. It was just words or memos going to the president. And as far as I know, I don't know that any serious discussions or plans were put into place at this point. Uh, yeah, serious plans doesn't sound like a Trump kind of uh, approach. Like yeah, Trump. <laughs> Trump's more of a grab-and-by-the-pussy kind of uh, uh, planner. Like, exactly. he, he just sort of, the virus ever hit America, he just grab it by the pussy and Chase uh, it away. kiss it because, you know, they let you do that when you're famous. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so uh, then, so China's still, by the beginning of January, China still is trying to figure out uh, what's going on. There's, a, there's about 266 people identified. Now, mm. of course... We now know that the, as, as we talked about on our show a couple of weeks ago, by the way, when we did our first coronavirus show on the 24th of March, so three weeks ago, uh, I predicted that uh, there were two and a half to five and a half million people infected in the US by that stage and said mm-hmm. at the time, if those numbers were correct, there would be twenty to 50,000 deaths in America within a few weeks' time. Yeah. Um, and I believe as of today, you're currently at 23,500 yeah. deaths. So That we know uh, of. Yeah. yeah. At the time when we did that show, there were only 33,000 known cases in the United mm-hmm. States. 
Wow. And uh, about 500 deaths, four or 500 deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, so it turns out my prediction was pretty much on the money, but I also predicted at the time that in Australia, based on the numbers at the time, uh, there was probably 90 to 100,000 people infected and within a few weeks we would have 1,000 Australian deaths. We, we've only had 60 wow. um, so far. And um, yeah. I was trying to work out last night why I got that one so wrong. And what I realise now is what we now know is uh, nearly all of the deaths that we've had and probably mm-hmm. had had at that stage were people that were on cruise ships. Oh, so gotcha. they had been in the the cru- it, it had run rampant on the cruise ships, but hadn't yeah. had the opportunity to spread in the community at that stage. So it was you know there was thousands of people on a cruise ship where it had spread, but it hadn't gone right. uh, wider. And we managed. I mean, we did let those people off cruise ships. Stupidly, yeah. uh, there's right. a big there's a big kerfuffle here, particularly in Sydney, because they let people off of a ship called the Ruby Princess, and uh, it turns out hundreds of them were infected, and they spread throughout Jeez. the community and all that kind of stuff. But we we've done a, a pretty good job of uh, locking down and isolating those people, so we've managed to keep our deaths fairly low. Uh, it's also hot good. here, and there's still some debate as to whether or not it being warm weather. Uh, has had anything to do with it? Um, some mm. de- some debate going on about that. Uh, we don't really know, but anyway. So that's why I think I got the Australian one uh, wrong, is because yeah, cruise ships. Anyway, back gotcha. to back to China. So uh, yes, uh, they there was hundreds of known cases by the beginning of January, two hundred sixty six in China. But obviously, as we now know, uh, there were probably. 100 times as many people infected uh that they didn't mm-hmm. know about because they 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 didn't understand the you know what it was and the difference between the infection rate and the the case rate right. um so uh so this goes on by early January uh, I think the 3rd of January is when Dr. Li Wenliang was summoned to the Wuhan Public Security Bureau where he was told to sign an official confession and admonition letter promising to stop spreading false rumours regarding the coronavirus. He was reprimanded Mm. for making false comments by announcing the confirmation of seven cases of SARS at the Huanan Seafood Wholesale Market and that he had severely disturbed the social order. Uh, so again, they were right in doing that, I think, because he was right. spreading disinformation. And there's a, there's a reason why there are official communication channels for things like this is, as we've seen in the West, rumors run out of control, uh, and it creates panic. And, and so yes. they're going, well, listen, when we know what we're dealing with, we'll let people know, but running around creating panic by spreading misinformation is not helping. Yeah. The toilet paper is just going to disappear that much faster. So let's wait till we have facts. So on the same day, the 3rd of January was when China formally notified the U.S. about the outbreak. Mm -hmm. According to the Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar in the United States, he says that uh, there there was discussions on the 3rd of January between the director of the CDC in the United States, Robert Redfield, 
love his films. Uh, Butch Cassidy right. and Sundance Kid, great <laughs> classic, classic film. And uh, Chinese CDC director Dr. Gao on the 3rd of January. I think it was informal. Right. I think they were in a, at, a, at a function or event or something. And he said, by the way, mm. we, we've got this thing going on. We don't really know much about it yet, but it's going on. So the Americans were told about it at, at the level of CDC director right. on the 3rd of January. Now, again. You've got to think. You, yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm just gonna, I was going to say, you've got to think that even though that was informal, this person probably uh, did a phone call or an email straight away to somebody higher up. So it can't be too many more days after that that Trump or someone in the White House knows, you know, what's something's been going on in China. So again, that's not an excuse. Yeah. Now the, the point being with the timeline here is when people say, Oh, the Chinese didn't, didn't uh, warn us fast enough. Again, keep in mind that they only started to get a couple of people admitted to hospitals with some unknown illness. Right. Um, by sort of the 12th of December, 15th of December. So it's only two weeks later. They're still trying to figure out, what the fuck's going on? They got a couple of people, mm-hmm. then it's a couple more, then it's a couple more infected. Something, some virus. We don't know what it is. They're running tests. They're trying to get their head around it. So within, but within like two to three weeks of that, they officially advised the US at a CDC level that we've got this right. outbreak. We're monitoring it. We don't know what's going on. So to to suggest that they didn't advise the world fast enough uh, is nonsense. It's just plain, mm. plain nonsense. They were trying, trying. It's not like they, you know, they Googled it and went, "Oh, I guess we've got a, we've got COVID nineteen. We should right. warn everyone." Aha! Um, they didn't. It, it wasn't SARS, so they didn't know what it was. Right. They're still playing detective, medical doctor, detective. They're trying to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. But they, they did tell the US that something was going on. So uh, then it, it just keeps playing out. Obviously, it starts to ramp up. They are having conversations with Hong Kong, with Singapore. The Singapore Ministry of Health on the 4th of January said it had been notified of the first case in Singapore. It was a three-year-old girl from China mm. who um, had a case. They put out a press statement. So countries in that region then start to see cases uh, turning up. The uh, US CDC said that it issued a travel notice for travellers to Wuhan on the 7th of January. And it was on the 7th of January too that Sinus in China announced that they had discovered a new coronavirus. So within about uh, less than a month, it took less than a month for the first case, um, uh, well, let's say the 57-year-old, well, there was a 51-year-old doctor who was hospitalised with an infection, but they didn't know why. Then there was the 57-year-old, that was on the 2nd December, the 57-year-old seafood merchant, uh, who was considered the first patient uh, up until recently, was on the 10th of December. Um, so it was only by, like, within a month of those first one or two cases happening that they had uh, determined that it was a new coronavirus. It took them a month. Now, I don't know, maybe that seems like a long time. I don't think it seems like a long time to analyse a brand-new virus and work out what it is. But it's not like... 
10,000 people caught it uh, yes, early December and exactly. they're like, fuck, let's throw everything at this. <laughs> right. This is code Shut red. Down. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. One or two people are Trips. sick. Yeah, Trips and, and you're drabs. Like, exactly, yeah. Dribs yeah. and drabs. It's not, by, not until the end of December that it's starting to scale up. Within a week, they had determined that it was a new coronavirus and they had alerted the world. Within, yeah. you know, within days... They, via the directors of the CDC, they had mentioned something to the US. Um, they had mentioned something to the World Health Organization um, by the end of December. According to Reuters, Taiwan's CDC chief uh, said that it had written to the World Health Organization and China on the 31st of December asking for information about the virus outbreak in Wuhan, whether or not there was any evidence of human-to-human transmission, Mm-hmm. Um, but no one knew at that stage. They 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 didn't have any data on transmission or how it was being caused. They were still trying right. to work it out. So it was a week later that they announced the new coronavirus. So look, it, it just seems to me that uh, it was pretty fast. But then what happened is you know there was still social media happening in the US where they were calling it hashtag Wuhan SARS. Yeah. Chinese authorities shut that down again because it's not SARS. It was a different coronavirus, and mm-hmm. uh, China still, you know, was waiting before it issued official notification to the world of what they had uh, discovered. But according to Professor Mikhail Shelnikov, Shelkanov, Shelk, Shelkanov, I know a guy called Shelkanov. Um. He says uh, world scientists knew of the genome sequence. Chinese gave it to them by the 7th of January. Mm. So mm-hmm. they they uh, dispersed it somehow. I don't know what the mechanism is, but there's probably like a private uh, Reddit, I guess. That's probably how they do it, Facebook chat. Uh, right. All the world's leading virus scientists. Yeah. Like, hey, yes. uh, we've got this thing. So according to this guy, the scientists knew about it by the 7th of January, uh, what was going on. So, mm. uh, and then obviously we, we know how it played out from there. Uh, you know, as Chinese got more information, they've, they gradually uh, 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 advised the world. Um, by the 11th of January, the World Health Organization published initial guidance on travel advice. Um, they, the WHO said the Chinese government reports that there is no clear evidence that the virus passes easily from person to person. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, that's what they believed at that point in time. Again, it's only a few weeks since they had first figured out something weird was going on. Um, and, uh, you know, then, they, they got some more information as uh, time passed and they changed their position on that. But again, you need to keep in mind that this was an unknown thing and it all happened very quickly. And I, rather than criticising China for how they handled this, I think the world needs to be very thankful to China for how they handled this, how they shut down Wuhan very, very quickly and right. uh, it's a big city. Stop it spreading. Yeah, and China's a big country. 
And, uh, you know, keep in mind that as of today, as far as we know, and again, I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories running around, but as far as we know, China only has 82,000 known cases Mm -hmm. with a a population of, what, 1.5 billion? Something like that. China population. China's population, okay, 1.4 billion. 1.4 1.4 billion, they've only got 82,000 cases. Um, their cases per million um, of population is 1,305. The US has 585,000 known cases, which is mm-hmm. uh, 1,768 per million population. China mm. shut it down very, very quickly, which, of course stopped it from spreading even worse to the rest of the world. Um, so right. we need to be thankful. But the other thing, I was talking to Tony about this in a QAV show yesterday, like China and the US have had this trade war going on, started by the Trump's US. Trump's trade war. Yeah, right. Trump's yes. trade war. And now they're complaining yeah. that uh, China didn't uh, uh, <laughs> save them from the virus. You know, like I, I, so on one hand, I think China did. I think China did everything, as far as I can tell, correctly and super, super fast. They responded way faster than most countries in the world did to this. Um, but on the other hand, if I was uh, Xi, President Xi, when this would be like, eh, let's just let it spread to the US. Like, <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck Trump. Like, why should I? Why, yeah, why should I wear a mask? Yeah, why should yeah. I protect Trump? <laughs> Like he's just been a cunt for the last couple of years, right. damage, want, trying yeah. to damage our yeah. economy, blah blah blah. You know, just uh, fuck him. You know, yeah. How yeah. do you how do you like your trade war now, bitch? Here we got something to trade. Yeah, here. Oh, now now you also want all of our medical supplies, really? Oh, really? You really? That's you know. Now you want to yeah. trade with us? You want to trade? You want us to send you masks and hand sanitizer and ventilator? Really? Right. You know, fuck you. <laughs> You want a you want a cold just, war? I'll yeah. show you cold war, motherfucker. <laughs> cold deadly war. Now, um, I, and I won't go too far because I'm not sure what else you have in your notes. But so you make the point that somebody in the United States knows about this by, let's say, the first the uh, the first week of January, January seventh. Somebody knows about it who certainly would have passed it up on the line and now up the line. Now you probably got dates, so I won't go too far. But it's not until the end of January that Trump implements restrictions on travel to and from Iran. And then he uh, has a European travel ban early in March. And then, of course, after that comes the national emergency. So January 7th, the first travel ban comes in Iran because I think Iran had some cases as well. So not exactly. I mean, you you can't fault China for not acting fast enough if if Trump has a gap like January 7th, to uh, to late February, that's a pretty big gap as well, especially when he's got these professionals like Dr. Fauci on his side, who can easily answer any question he has about how you know what should we do, how serious should we take this. Mm. By the way, I got my it's cases just his own gap. my cases yeah. per million population wrong before. I was looking at the UK, not China, because oh. they sit next to each other. China's cases per million population are fifty seven. Versus the United States, 1,768. Iran, who everyone thought handled it very badly early on, their total cases per million is 873. Half 
of the United States is uh, well, less than Still, half, 1,768. Exactly. Total deaths per million. Uh, but, Iran is two deaths per million. Iran is 55 deaths per million. The USA is 71 deaths per million. But to wreck your entire presentation that you use, what facts and dates and numbers, destroying all of that, you've got the American version of the story. Not only did China lie and delay, they're lying now. Anything and everything that they're saying about the the uh, control that they've been able to get over Wuhan by shutting it down, it's all lies. They knew exactly what they're doing. We shouldn't believe anything that we said, and we're lucky to have survived so far with the deaths that we've had based on China's lies to us. That's the narrative in America. There are very few people in the United States who have an appreciation for Chinese culture and the Chinese people. I can think of Laszlo Montgomery and some other people who, who've worked there and have known people for years, but they're not going to get a fair sh shake when they're trying to present facts and we have our preconceived notions or antagonism towards them. The truth doesn't matter. It should matter, but it doesn't matter to the American narrative at this point. Yeah. Well, like if I was going to believe in a conspiracy uh, theory, mm -hmm. the person I would point to who uh, I think had probably created the virus right. is uh, Eric Yuan, Chinese guy. Thought, Eric. Okay, Yuan. not Bill Gates. Sorry, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. Well, he's kind. He's a bit like Bill Gates. Uh, Eric okay. Yuan. Mm -hmm. uh, Chinese guy who lives in the United States. Um, he's the CEO and founder of Zoom. Now, uh, oh, okay. you know, Zoom's share price in uh, November last year was roughly about $62. Uh, it's now $135.92. So. I, like if I'm going to point the finger at anyone, I think Quibono. Uh, the yeah, Quibono. Of course, it's the CEO of Zoom, who is Chinese. He's like, you know what? Mm -hmm. You know what? It's part of his marketing strategy for Zoom. If you look at his marketing plan from last year, it was like, well, how are we gonna? How are we gonna? How are we gonna double the use of Zoom this year? I tell you what, virus pandemic, baby, force everyone to work from home. Yeah. Uh, that's yes. that's how we're gonna my app. knock this thing over yeah. the edge, baby. You wait. Oh, we're gonna zoom to the top. Oh, that's it. Yeah, watch the virus zoom to the top, and uh, we'll right. zoom with it. Oh God. Um. Yeah. No. Well, look. That's. I wasn't going to go much further than that. I mean, it, yeah. basically, I just wanted to point out that the conspiracy theories around China just don't hold up. Um, very, very basic investigation shows that uh, the Chinese actually handled it very, very well, based on what we know, very, very quickly and uh, alerted the world very quickly as to what they thought was going on. Anything you hear to the contrary, I mean, I've, I mean, if you have evidence to the contrary, send it to me. Uh, as yeah. I always say, happy to Please. be proven wrong, but send it to me and, and check it first. Don't send me fluffy. Don't send me anything Shit. from the Daily Mail uh, or a Fox right. station. Like, check it out first before you send it to me. 
Um, yeah. Or I will, uh, you know, uh, uh, spit in your face over Zoom. Obviously, I wouldn't do it in person. That would be a cunt move. Yeah. But I, I'll spit in your face. Um, <laughs> just before we finish on the virus, though, I did get a, a sort of yeah. thing from Morgan Stanley today. Their projections as to what they think is going to happen in the US. Uh, oh. According to their projected timeline and milestones for return to work in the US, they're projecting that schools will reopen sort of in the middle of September and mm-hmm. the economy you know, might start to recover towards the end of 2020, the beginning of 2021, depending on whether or not there's a second wave of infections right. uh, and when there's a vaccine available, et cetera. They're suggesting that a potential vaccine for healthcare workers might be available by October and then more broadly available for the general community by March of next year. Mm. Um, yeah, it's like a year of being shut down. And they're also talking about, and I've heard Bill Gates say this as well, that um, you know, even when it starts to clear up, people are going to be very reticent about yeah. contact with other people. Don't touch me, bitch. I wish yeah, if I could, mm. Right. I was just going to say, if I could add on to that real quick, right before I got on the uh, the microphone with you, uh, California, Oregon, and another state over there have plans to semi-open up their um, cities, excuse me, uh, in, in May, next month. So there's already plans for some major states on the West Coast to begin partial opening. Um, so it's going to start happening and uh, we'll just, I guess we'll just see what the fuck happens. But people, this is America. People are getting bored. They're getting frustrated. Um, they're maybe not thinking as clearly as they should, but that maybe some medical experts have told them this is okay as long as we do it in areas that have had low outbreaks. Um, so we'll just see what happens next month once this starts going. Yeah. Well, look, my position on it for, for us personally is the same today as it was uh, a month ago when we first talked mm-hmm. about it and earlier. Like, uh, my position is we're probably going to get it. I'm not worried. I'm not scared of getting it. Um, again, still, all of the evidence that we have uh, says that for people that are under the age of you know, 70, let's be conservative and say under the age of 65 um yes some of the some of us will get sick some of us will die but it's a very very small percentage the vast majority of people who get sick and who die are over the age of 70 so uh you know i'm not worried about getting it uh chrissy and i don't have any contact with the elderly. We don't have any, my mum lives five hours away. Her mum lives on the other side of the country, uh, other side of the world. Um, so, you know, we, we don't spread it to people in our immediate circle. I think, we get, you know, I'd be happy to just get get along with things, send Fox back to school. Um, yes. Uh, and everyone just quarantines the elderly. And 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 yeah. also takes all of the necessary, but like wear face masks if you want to wear a face mask, wash your hands, you know, be mindful of touching your face and and all that kind of jazz. You would take extra extra right. super super precautions, but just get on with life. Uh, I'm I'm not if yeah. if you're not if you don't have any comorbidities, another word that I'd never used until a month ago, um, <laughs> right. and you you know you're not uh, elderly. Like if you're elderly, 
just and you want to live, just stay in your yeah. fucking house. Don't come out. Um, Binge watch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Seinfeld, um, whatever. The yeah. rest of us, the risks to the rest of us are still low, very, very low. I mean, okay, and if and if you don't want to take that risk, that's up to you. That's fine. Tell you, yeah. we should be saying, listen, if if you're, if you you know, if, if you're feeling delicate about this, then okay, don't go to work, don't go to school, whatever it is. Tell your boss or tell your t- school you're not going to send your kid. Don't go to work. Right. The rest of you. Uh, just just be be sensible. Be careful. Be sensible. Get on with it. Now I know that they've done that a little bit in places like Sweden, and it mm-hmm. hasn't doesn't seem to have gone particularly well. I mean, I know that Sweden's Sweden's cases per million are a thousand and eighty four. Their deaths per million are ninety one. But I think I I haven't seen the breakdown, like the demographic breakdown on that, but I'm guessing that they're mostly elderly people um, that weren't Mm. isolated quickly enough. Again, what what I've always said is that, you know, you should be isolating the elderly and the people with comorbidities. Um, But everyone else, uh, your risk risk is relatively relatively low. Right. And just the last thing I want to say, and then you can wrap it up um, um you were mentioning money earlier ago well it turns out don't be surprised i guess maybe before this year is out or whatever if um the uk and the united states don't hit um china with some kind of uh compensation um for lack of a better word request there was a study of a right-wing london-based uh henry jackson society claims that uh, china should be liable to pay at least four trillion dollars in compensation uh, there were some people in the united states who were agreeing with that um so don't be surprised if you know because it's a part of the trade war maybe we'll just say hey you started this it started in china you you need to give us trillions of dollars to make up for all that we've lost a trade war and just a, in another form yeah who knows We'll see how that goes. Uh, by the way, based on global data, uh, your uh-huh. your death rate. Uh, this is, I believe, your infection fatality rate, your IFR, not your CFR, your IFR. Um, right. If you're over the age of eighty, it's fourteen point eight percent. Seventy to seventy nine, eight percent. Sixty to sixty nine, three point six percent. 50 to 59 1.3%. So if you you mm. are, if you or I caught it, I'm not quite 50, but I'll throw myself into the 50 bracket. If you and I caught it, you've got a 1 in 100 chance of dying. Right. Uh 40 right. to 49 it's 0.4%, 30 to 39 0.2, 20 to 29 0.2, 10 to 19 0.2 and 0 to 9 there are no recorded mm. fatalities. But isn't this the part of the movie where the virus transforms um, and the really dark music comes on and then suddenly people who weren't dying? No, I, I, I don't know. I'm just joking. But, I mean, there are obviously have been kids and children that have died as well. But I think those numbers hold up pretty well based on those that we know so far who have died, you know, confirmed cases of deaths from the virus. And this other thing that's still confusing is, first, I mentioned this about Italy a couple of weeks ago, how they came Mm -hmm. out, the health minister in Italy revealed that anyone who dies of any cause but have COVID in their system, Uh, system, not of any, I guess maybe not if you get hit by a truck, but 
if you die if you die right of some sort of pre-existing disease and you have covid in your system you're counted as a covid death in the death toll yeah. and i've heard in the last week that that's also happening in some parts of the us mm. which suggests that the numbers of people that are classified as covid related fatalities aren't exactly dying from covid a little bit confusing right. uh how that's being tracked and measured um but uh so even those death rates that i mentioned before may be not accurate because people might be dying of other things but they just happen to get included rolled up in the covid number and right. I've, heard, I've heard conspiracy theories people say oh yeah well they do that in the u.s in order to uh uh, push up their requests for more funding. It's all a money grab. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, we've got all these people right. dying of COVID. Give us, give us money, give yeah. us budgets, et cetera, et cetera. Budget wars. Last thing I did want to talk about, just n- not COVID related, but it gets back to Trump's trade war um, stuff with mm-hmm. China. There was, there's been a collapse in the oil price uh, over the last couple of right. weeks as a result of no, no one's using petrol, uh, gas, <laughs> as you call it, petroleum right. as much. Planes aren't right. flying, cars aren't driving. And uh, last week it was revealed, it was, a, it was uh, reported on that Trump had threatened Saudi Arabia if it didn't fix the oil market's problem of oversupply. So what happened is that OPEC, or OPEC Plus as they call it, which is OPEC plus Russia and I think Mexico and a few other states produce a lot of oil, right. Um were still producing relatively high volumes and just dropping the price. And mm-hmm. this has been hurting American oil producers. You know, we've talked about this on the show over the last couple of years that America had become the world's largest, had become a net exporter yeah. of oil, one of the world's largest producers of oil. But as it turns right. out, uh, the cost of production in the US, the COGS, the cost of goods sold, is much higher with shale oil than it is with uh, pulling it out of oil wells in Mm -hmm. places like Saudi Arabia and Russia. Uh, So when the price drops, it actually hurts American producers of oil more than it hurts these producers in other parts of the world. And in fact, a lot of these shale producers were uh, suffering and there was a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks about them going to the wall, going bankrupt. As right. the price was being driven down by Russia and the Saudis predominantly, and Trump threatened sanctions against Saudi Arabia if it Our didn't buddies. cut its oil production because it was hurting U.S. oil industry. So get your head around this for a second. America's all about free trade and capitalism Yay. and competition's yeah. great, etc., etc., et until. They throw tariffs on Chinese products because they're competing too well with American products. And right. here he's doing it again because the Saudis were producing cheap oil, which is good for an American consumer. You, you, yes. You know, it costs you less to fill your car. Um, right. But no, Trump wants to drive the oil prices up and threatened Saudi Arabia now, we've talked yeah. about your relationship with China is one thing. Your relationship with Saudi Arabia, as Hillary Clinton said when she was Secretary of State, it's hard to be tough with your banker. Um, <laughs> that he's threatening. So, you know, I wonder, you're pissing the Chinese off. So they go, ah, virus schmirus. Well, tell them in a few weeks. <laughs> right. Second, you're pissing off the Saudis by threatening the Saudis. Oh, you. 
which they yeah. didn't didn't threaten them with sanctions when they uh, cut up a journalist in a bathtub. But right. uh, if they're yes. dropping their oil prices oh. too much, he's threatening them with sanctions. Um, yeah. Anyway, as it turned out, uh, the Saudis and uh, the Russians did agree to cut oil production. I don't necessarily think to save the US, but because the massive collapse in um, oil consumption meant that the oil uh, holding facilities around the world were filling up and you know right. you, you, there was nowhere left to put it, and also it's hurting their own yeah. revenues. Interesting th- byline in this article from yesterday, though, about the prices uh, or the, the supply being cut is that they had to do a deal with Mexico to get Mexico to cut their oil production as well. Mexico obviously needs the money. And the Trump administration said they're going to do some favours for Mexico uh, in return for Mexico uh, cutting their, agreeing to cut their oil production more than they wanted to. So, well, I don't know, but the last few years we've seen Trump going, you know, I'm going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. Now he's got to do favors for Mexico because they cut their oil production. <laughs> so, Christ. like, it's just it's just such Winning. a fucking circus yeah. clusterfuck. Uh, right. Watching America's relationship with these countries trying to throw its weight around when it's actually, you know, so weak at a trade level that uh, you know all of their oil producers uh, were you know could be driven to the wall within weeks by the looks of it. Um, Jesus. Anywho, that is the bullshit filter this for this week. Hope everyone is well and safe. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we'll be back uh, whenever I need to rant about something to get it off my chest. <laughs> oh my god! Fuck me. Actually, I'm okay with that. I'm not really into jabby jabby. I don't think I could take anything to my penis. But go ahead, go ahead, pull down your pants. Believe me, not a wreck right now. I'm gonna need a moment. Okay, hold on. Okay, go ahead. The Jew hammer. There's pile driver, the sledgehammer. I fucked your wife. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it the whole time. Don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. Probably did it with his dick. I'm just saying. I don't know. I wasn't there, but probably. The Crocs ate well that day, my friend.